Welcome to the Jongets Games Podcast, where in today's episode, you'll be hearing the audio from the update vlog for July 2021. In that, I discussed some general feedback about the live videos I've been doing lately. I will also talk specifically about one live video I just recorded, as well as a live uh, questions and answers interview that I did with Thundergriff Games. Now, as always, I do want to mention that the only reason this podcast is being made is because of the direct support that comes in through the Patreon campaign for the channel. If you enjoy listening to my vlogs in podcast form like this, then I do hope that you would consider directly supporting that campaign, and you can learn more about it by going to patreon.com slash Games. The final thing I'd like to ask is that if you have any questions or comments, that you please leave those as a comment on the YouTube page for the vlog, and you can find a link to that in the description of this podcast. Uh, now at this point, let's go ahead and start off with the updates, and as always, I'll have a brief Patreon campaign update. There were eight new people who joined into the campaign over the last month, which was uh, really great to see, so uh, thanks to the new supporters and the ongoing ones. Um, overall, it was a negative month. Uh, there were quite a few deletions from the campaign, uh, so I think it was down by about $40 uh, per month, but that's fine. These things go up and down, and it does not stop me from being so grateful for everyone who is supporting the channel through Patreon. Uh, now let's move on to the next update. And that one has to do with the live videos that I've been doing recently. Um, I mentioned, I think it was last month, that um, the live videos are going to be a little bit more live because I'm now planning on, or I was planning on, and now I've done it, uh, I've put out live videos where I don't edit them. Uh, normally, I would do them live, and then I'd make them private, and then i take a privately recorded version of it, I'd edit it in Final Cut, and then put that one out there. And I decided that I wanted to just try and let it be out there, <laughs> like not actually edit it down and see how bad that would be. Um, now, um, I've done a few videos like this, I think three, and so far I've l certainly learned some things. Uh, the first thing that I learned is that um, I don't mind doing it. <laughs> uh, it's fine just going all the way through overall. Um, I do an intro at the beginning and I flubbed it once and I kind of forgot that it was live. And if you're live, then you just have to push on through instead of restarting. Uh, I'm used to just, if I flub this, I stop and then I edit out the chunks. But if you're not editing, then that's just a different uh, situation. Uh, now, unfortunately, what I also learned is that it takes YouTube a lot longer to process these live videos than it does the videos that I upload. Uh, when I upload a video, usually the processing time after it's fully uploaded is between 15 minutes to 45 minutes, maybe an hour for a really long video. But with these live videos, it's taken like 10, 12, 14 hours until it's done processing. Uh, now that's a problem because throughout that entire time, people can watch it, which is great. That's not the problem. Uh, but that entire time, I cannot put cards on the screen, which are the little eye things that you see up there, which will let me link things like the support um, uh, page for John Gets Games. I also can't add subtitles for potential corrections. Uh, and I can't put a, um, uh, a thing at the end. I forget what those are called where it puts uh, helpful links and, you know, links to the Patreon and all those type of things. Uh, now, those things mostly affect me not having uh, those up there, but it is frustrating. Like, I want it to just process at the same speed as the regular videos. Like, if I stopped and then edited it and then posted it online, it would be processed way sooner. Uh, now, that being said, a big reason why I wanted to do this was to preserve the view count of everybody who watched the video live um, along with the other people who watch it later on, because in general, it seems like YouTube pushes videos up that have a lot of views, so it seemed like that might do better for them. And honestly, 
I've kind of seen the opposite uh, in the videos that I've done fully live and I've left up. Um, it just seems like those are getting less views. Now, the data set is tiny. It's possible that the videos that I've been doing have just not been as interesting as other ones that I could be doing. So I'm not going to be stopping doing this at the moment. I definitely want a bigger data set there, but um, definitely some pluses and some minuses when it goes into this. Um, the original idea was that this was going to make the overall situation quicker because I wouldn't have to edit it. I just have it up there and it'd be done. But <laughs> uh, what I found is I put so much time into getting ready for the video that I'm honestly not sure if it is any quicker because I essentially do the editing beforehand, um, making slides and whatnot in OBS so that I can um, be really seamless as I go through the various content that I make. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at uh, with the live, live videos. I call them live, live because I'm not editing them afterwards. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it uh, for now. Uh, maybe after I get a bigger data set, maybe I'll decide that I will, you know, go back to editing them and posting them later. Uh, I'll just have to see. Uh, one other change is that I put the chat on screen, and I do like that. It seems like it's a really good way to interact with people. And so far, that's been working out well. Uh, so if you have any feedback about the live videos I've been doing recently, I would certainly love to hear it. Uh, now let's move on to the next uh, update. And um, <laughs> it's a bit self-serving. I just wanted to mention that I did a pretty cool video yesterday, or at least I thought it was uh, cool, or I guess it might be a couple days ago, depending on when you hear this. Uh, it was all about rondels. Uh, now, this was supposed to be a top 10 video for my top 10 rondel games um, that was selected by the contributing producer-level supporters of the channel on Patreon, but um, as I did more research, I realized I didn't really want to make a top 10 list. I just wanted to talk about rondels and games, and I didn't want to talk about 10 games. I wanted to talk about 20. Um, so I recorded that live, and it's doing okay so far. I was kind of hoping it would get a little bit more uh, traction and views than it might have had, but, you know, I love mechanics in games, and not everybody does. So a big thumbnail saying rondels and what they do. For me, that would be a no-brainer. I'd watch that video, but for many other people, that might not be the case. Um, so definitely, if that sounds at all interesting, uh, watching me do a deep dive on a specific mechanic and how it's represented in a variety of games, 20 different games, then uh, definitely uh, check that one out. Um, and the other update that I wanted to mention is another live thing that I actually just did earlier today when I'm recording this, although the video is going to come out uh, afterwards, and that was an interview uh, slash guest appearance that I did with the Thundergriff team. They have a Twitch stream, and they... Uh, um, I think go up on that one live once a week-ish, and they asked me to be a guest in order to talk about the rules writing process for Darwin's Journey. Um, that process is still ongoing. Uh, we've been working on it for, wow, about eight months now, considering I started it in December. <laughs> and uh, we talk for quite a while about it, about 45, 48 minutes. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And you can find a link to the uh, watchable version of that uh, down below this one if that sounds like something that you'd like to hear. Me just talking at length about the process of uh, writing a very complicated rulebook for a pretty complicated game. Uh, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I just figured other people might want to know that that existed. Uh, all right, that is going to bring the uh, updates part of this to a close. So now we can move on to the shifting shelf. Uh, I have uh, removed a bunch of games, <laughs> and I've also added a bunch of games this month. It was a very volatile month for the collection. Um, starting with the leaving games, the first one to go is Castello Mathoni. Um, I played this one a couple of times, and I also made a, a playthrough for it. Um, and it's a weird game of kind of area control, jostling around. Um, I bought it because it looked weird, and I thought I might like it. And ultimately, even though it was strange, I don't think it was 
was really the kind of fun that I was expecting. And it's not a small box. It's a standard ticket to ride size box. So I figured it made sense to probably remove that from the collection and make space for other games. Um, the next one going is Curious Cargo. Um, I also made a video for that one and I played that one, I think three times now. And I've enjoyed all of those plays, but honestly, I have a lot of two player only games. And um, Past Tally is a game that I think I just prefer. Technically that's a two or three player game, but I think it's best at two. And both Past Tally and Curious Cargo are tie lane games about making crazy tube paths to do things. And I think Past Tally is just the one I prefer a little bit more. It leans into crazy paths and it's also just a simpler rule set overall. So I didn't think it makes sense uh, to have both of those in my collection and I decided to keep Past Tally. Uh, next up we have Deck Building, the deck building game. Uh, it feels silly removing this from the collection because it's a very small box. I bought this one so long ago. I'm pretty sure I backed it on Kickstarter. It was kind of a, a jokey thing. Uh, there was another one. It was like uh, unpublished, the, the unpub unpub the game where it was like a party game about trying to pitch games at a developer convention. Uh, and this one, obviously, it's a deck building game where you're building a deck on the back of your house. Uh, we played this one once or twice years ago. It was funny in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, and we haven't played it since, and it's just been sitting there in the collection. And I think it's probably time to move it on, even though it is tiny and not taking up that much space. Uh, after that, there is In the Hall of the Mountain King, which is a pretty cool game. Uh, I made a video for this one, and I played it a couple of times um, over a year ago. It was pre-pandemic, because I remember playing this with other people in the same room. And I really liked half of this game, and I wasn't so crazy about the other half. Um, the half that I liked was this kind of pyramid uh, activation building thing where you're hiring these trolls, building them up into a pyramid, and then activating them in a really cool way to get a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, the parts that I did not like as much was the actual tunnel building out on the board. Uh, I didn't dislike it, I just, it didn't do that much for me, whereas I really liked the troll pyramid building. And so when I combined them together, I just didn't think it was a game that I'm really gonna be pushing for to remove from the shelf and actually play with people. Um, I would not mind playing this game again, honestly. Um, I'm kind of hoping maybe one of my friends would uh, grab it so that I'll have another opportunity to play it at some point. But if I don't, I don't think that's the end of the world. And it's, you know, another one of those ticket to ride size boxes. And I've acquired quite a few games and I need room for the new games. And, you know, at this point, our collection is is good. And we really try to keep it in a confined area and, and not necessarily a confined number, but it seems like the number fluctuates around 250 games. And it's tough when I get new games in and I have to take other ones out. I just have to make some hard decisions. Uh, moving on, there is Mandala Stones, which is another Ticket to Ride size, size box. Uh, and this one is a pretty quick um, abstract style game of uh, grabbing different um, Mandala Stones from uh, spots. I made a video for this one as well. Um, and the game was neat, but it didn't really have a spark there to make me feel like, yes, I want to keep coming back to this one. Um, after that, there is Marco Polo 2. Uh, <laughs> now, I had Marco Polo 1 for years, and I tried to, I, I removed it from my collection a couple of times, because every time I did, I talked about it in an update vlog, and then people commented, no, you can't remove Marco Polo, it's such a great game, you should give it another shot. Uh, so I would, and then I would agree that, yes, there's a lot of great, great stuff going on there, but I don't know, something about the game just pushes me away. Uh, and unfortunately, the same thing is happening for Marco Polo 2. Um, I think I got rid of one when I got two because I was like, I don't need both of these in my collection. Uh, but unfortunately, for this game, much like the other one, even though I do prefer two, I think I'm just going away from heavy asymmetries in competitive Euro-style games. Um, I used to think that I really liked those types of things, but these days I just can't help but feel like how balanced are they? And, and I seem to care more about that than I care about the actual experience of playing with all of the asymmetries going on. Um, there's also a decent amount to teach there and 
it's just not a game that I found myself being compelled to pull off the t- uh, the shelf. I think there's a lot of others that I would do first, and it's another Ticket to Ride style size box, which takes up quite a bit of room. So um, I say this every single month, but um, essentially every game that I'm removing from my collection these days are good games uh, that I would rather keep in the collection if I didn't mind having a, a collection that wrapped all the way around the room. But even as it is, I have a hard time finding stuff in our collection now, so it is good to try and keep it uh, to a certain level. Uh, the last game that's leaving the collection is Visitor in Blackwood Grove. Um, this is a pretty quick playing, like 10 to 15 minute um, party deduction style game that uh, we had quite a bit of fun playing when we first got it. Uh, we played it a bunch of times, uh, like, you know, uh, three times in a row kind of thing. Um, but I think after, you know, 10 or so plays, we never found ourselves coming back to it. Uh, it's a cool game. I would not mind playing it again, but it takes a medium amount of space. It's not as big as some of these others, but I just saw it on the shelf and I was like, you know, I really don't see myself pulling that off to play it again. So unfortunately that one got put onto the pile as well. Now, that is all of the games leaving, uh, but now we have the games that are arriving in. The first of these is Card Rails. Uh, Now, I bought this one. It's a very tiny train game. It's a a card-based game with a bunch of cubes, and in it, you actually play these cards out to build a hex map, and then you put cubes down for track, That's about all I know. I haven't actually played the game, but I really would like to. Uh, It it seems very cool. Uh, I also picked up Crash Octopus, which was a Kickstarter campaign that I supported. So that just arrived, and this game looks ridiculous. I've not played it yet, but I am actively looking forward to it. It's a dexterity game where you have this octopus piece in the middle of the table with a, you know, kind of a hemisphere head and then a bunch of tentacles and everybody has ships and you're going to be dropping things onto the head of the octopus and they'll fly all over the place. And then you flick things, not with your fingers, but with a flag. It's essentially a dowel with a little flag and you rotate the flag dowel, which will spin the flag around and you use that to try and knock things that you need towards your ship so that you can collect all of it. It looks cute. It looks ridiculous. I hope it's as fun as it it sounds. Uh, I backed it on Kickstarter because it just looked like a good time and hopefully it is. Uh, Now that I have it. I'm I'm certainly going to try and play it next time I play games with people in person, which should be soon. After that, I picked up a copy of Fairy Tale Inn. Uh, I actually learned about this one when I was doing research for the Games Radar vlog that I did a couple of weeks ago. And in the process of doing that research, I went from not really knowing anything about it to buying it at the Board Game Geek Marketplace in about five minutes. It's a two-player only uh, Connect Four type game with some Euroy elements. And I've actually played it and covered it in a Good Games vlog. So if you'd like to learn more about it, then just uh, check out the last Good Games vlog that I did. It should say Fairy Tale Inn in the title of that video. Uh, next up, there is Iberia. Railways, which is um, another Cube Rails game that was sent over to me, Uh, this one from Rio Grande Games. Um, I did a sponsored uh, tutorial playthrough for that one, and I haven't actually played it yet with other people, but I really am looking forward to it. It looks like it's got some fascinating tweaks. It doesn't have stocks. Um, It does have money, but you have to take a lot of loans for that money, and it's all about competing for uh, specific uh, conditions out on the board as opposed to competing for stocks like a lot of these Cube Rails games have. So I'm looking forward to trying that out. Uh, After that, there is Corkle. (laughs) Now, this is a game that I have uh, talked a lot about on the channel because I think it's amazing. I played it so many times, but at some point many years ago, we lent our copy of Quirkle off to someone and we never got it back. It just kind of, the time went on. I think it was a a coworker and then jobs changed and we just realized we don't have a copy of Quirkle anymore. And we saw a copy for a pretty reasonable price at a store last weekend and we just bought it. We're like, we've been wanting a copy of Quirkle again. So 
There it is. Now we have Corkle again. Uh, I did a review for this one a very long time ago, and it's shown up on several of my top 10 lists because it's really good. Um, after that, we have Rivet Heads, which is another Kickstarter game uh, that was fulfilled. Um, this one uh, came from New Mill Games. I think that's what they're called, New Mill Industries. And uh, they're a pretty new publisher who essentially builds all these things themselves, like on their kitchen table. So the time between backing the Kickstarter and receiving it at my house was like, a month and a half, two months or something. It was really fast because they just ordered all the parts, put it together, and then mailed it out themselves. Um, this looks to be a cyberpunky kind of engine buildy combo-y style game. I haven't actually played it yet. Um, I say that a lot because I've required quite a few games this month and I haven't gone to that many in-person gaming uh, events yet. But um, this is one very high on the list that I'd like to try soon. Um, after that, there is Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition, which is Terraforming Mars, the card game, essentially. Uh, I backed this one on Kickstarter and my Kickstarter edition showed up just a few days ago. Uh, and it looks like I'm, <laughs> to no surprise myself, uh, going to be doing a Patreon-supported uh, uh, playthrough for this one. I put out the poll for that one a few days ago, and that this game is easily winning, which did not surprise me at all. Uh, so I'm hoping to actually do that next week, but I'll talk about my schedule soon. Uh, I haven't played this one yet, but I am very much looking forward to it. I have all these games that are right at the top of the list that I'd like to play, so hopefully I can actually make that happen soon. The last game that I acquired over the last month is The Field of the Cloth of Gold. Um, now, this is a two-player-only game that I uh, ordered from Hollenspiel. Uh, I actually got another game alongside those. That was the expansion to Dual Gauge. I don't have it listed there, but this was the Wisconsin and Honshu uh, expansion maps, and I actually made a video for Wisconsin a few uh, weeks ago. So that one is already out there showing Dual Gauge as the base game plus that expansion. Uh, now, the Field of the Cloth of Gold is, as I said, a two-player-only game where you are competing to out-gift your opponent. It's essentially you're each kings. One's the king of England, one's the king of France, and every turn you're going to do something which gives your opponent a gift, and of course on their turn, they give you a gift, and this is competitive, so you want to try and give them gifts that aren't going to be good for them. Uh, I have covered my initial impressions for this one in the most recent um, uh, impressions vlog, or Good Games vlog, and it looks like I'm actually going to be doing a Patreon-sponsored uh, video for this one, which I will talk about very soon. In fact, I think now is a good time for us to move over to the upcoming schedule. Uh, now, looking at week 27, I will be doing a sponsored uh, tutorial for Juicy Fruits. Uh, that one is actually just off-camera on the table. I'm going to be starting to film that one after I finish filming this update vlog. Uh, that one is going to hopefully come out next Monday or Tuesday. Uh, next Wednesday on, in week 27, I have a sponsored video for Soul Raiders coming out. It's worth noting, Juicy Fruits is sponsored by Capstone, uh, and Soul Raiders is going to be a uh, Kickstarter-based uh, video, and it's a fully cooperative uh, dungeon crawl narrative kind of experience. Uh, that one's coming out on the Wednesday of week 27, um, and I'm also hoping to put out the Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition uh, Patreon-supported uh, tutorial later on in week 27. I haven't filmed that one yet, but I'm hoping to make Make that happen uh, in the next week. Uh, moving on to week 28, I will be doing the live questions and answers vlog for July, and that is going to be happening on July 12th at 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. So feel free to join in on that. It usually lasts about an hour, um, and I, I love doing those. Uh, later on that week, I will be putting out a video for Rat Queens, which is a sponsored video for Deep Water Games, uh, and I believe that's going to be coinciding with a Kickstarter campaign. And then I'm hoping to put out another Games Radar vlog that week. I'm trying not to have a huge gap of months between I put those out. We'll see if I'm able to work that one in there. Uh, looking at week 29, I am most likely going to be putting out a uh, playthrough for Otis. Uh, this one appears to be winning the bonus video poll from the contributing producer level supporters of the channel. That means somebody suggested 
that uh, Ota's video be made, and it looks like on the poll, that one's actually winning. Uh, that one's a very strange game about um, diving underwater and a lot of set collection and a lot of really weird stuff. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to making that video. I do hope that one wins because I think that game deserves a bit more attention than it got when it came out a few years ago. Uh, that week, I am potentially going to be putting out a uh, sponsored playthrough for Magical Friends. Um, not sure about the timing, but I'm hoping to fit that in on that week. And uh, the same thing can be said about public market, which is a sponsored video from Talon Strikes. Um, so a lot of uh, not specific tied down date ones this week, but I am hoping to make those happen in week 29. Uh, looking to week 30, which is the last week of July, um, that one I'm probably putting out a uh, Patreon supported tutorial for the Field of the Cloth of Gold because it's currently in second place on the poll for those tutorials. And I always make videos for the first place and second place. First place is Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. And second place is um, the Field of the Cloth of Gold, which I did not expect. It's a funky, strange little game. And the only thing I can think of is that a lot of people heard my Good Games vlog segment about it and were intrigued and want to learn more. And I'm more than happy to make a video for it. I just was not expecting that at all. Uh, that week, I'm also going to be putting out a uh, sponsored tutorial for Legend Academy. And um, yeah, that's essentially where I'm at for the rest of the month. Uh, it's possible there's one or two other videos that will slot in. Uh, I don't talk about the ones that seem to be vague, so I'm not going to talk about them right now. But this is where I'm at for the moment. Uh, as always, a lot of these things could shift around as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty packed month of videos overall. I have a lot of work to do because I haven't done most of those yet. Uh, as I said, Juicy Fruit is on the table. I'm about to film that. And Soul Raiders is done. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm getting a little bit ahead and hopefully I can keep that up as I progress throughout the month. Uh, so yeah, that is going to bring this update vlog to a close. Um, I'll be doing another one of these a month from now. And um, I'd like to re-mention that I'll be doing that live Q&A vlog uh, in week 28. Um, that one is on July 12th. Uh, so definitely come by and hang out for that. Uh, I really enjoy doing those and um, it's, it's just fun answering questions and uh, just seeing where the conversation goes. Uh, so yeah, that is going to bring this one to a close.